From the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee. We're right on the southern edge of Nashville in Middle Tennessee, and we're thankful for the privilege we have to be on this broadcast every day. This is Dr. Shelton Smith, and this is Making a Difference. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to having some time together, and today is a very special day here at the Sword of the Lord. It is the 87th anniversary of the founding of this ministry. I'm going to talk to you about that for just a moment, but I'll be looking today at John chapter 8 as we talk about the subject of disciples indeed. Yesterday, we looked at John 6, 66, when the Bible says that some of the disciples decided to not go along with Jesus, and they turned back. And I told you then, disciples are learners, but not necessarily converted. Well, today we're going to look at those who are converted and are disciples indeed. We'll look at the passage here in John chapter 8 in just a moment. But let me just say to you a few things about our ministry here. Many of you are acquainted with the Sword of the Lord because it's been around for a long time. We have a newspaper that is our flagship publication, but we also publish books and pamphlets and tracts and other things that are of help to Christians and that are supplies that churches need. And we do that for folks literally around the world. In addition to this broadcast that is now on 62 stations around the country and around the world, we also provide our materials to churches and individuals all over the world. This ministry was founded by Dr. John R. Rice in 1934, and he served as the leader until he passed on to heaven in 1980. And then Dr. Curtis Hudson came and was here for 14 years, and he succumbed to cancer after a three-year battle at age 60. And it was my privilege then to come in 1995, and I've been here just a little over 26 years, and thankful for the privilege that I have to lead this ministry and trust that every single day when we get together here on this broadcast that we're a blessing to you. But anyway, this is a day of celebration and rejoicing for us because it is the 87th anniversary of the ministry of the Sword of the Lord. We thank you for your friendship and for the privilege that we have to be together here on the broadcast each day. And today I want you to know that I am... I am in Oakland, Maryland at the Mountain Lake Independent Baptist Church. We're thankful to the Lord for the privilege to be there in that great church, and I hope that you'll join us for the services there today at 10 a.m. and 7 p.m. Now, let's look at John chapter 8, beginning to read in verse 30. And as Jesus spake these words, many believed on him. And let me just pause to say, the word believe there, it's that pistuo word in the Greek New Testament that means faith. It means trust. It's not superficial. It's real. Many believed on him. Verse 31, then Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And then verse 36, if the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. So if you look at verse number 31, Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. Now, he's talking to a group of Jews, and he is thanking them, basically, for believing, for putting their trust in him. And then he uses that word continue, and it's a word that means to reside. It means this is where you're going to live. And if you live like this, if this is the way you're going to demonstrate that you are my disciples indeed, you're not just tagging along. You're not just learning. You're not just a student. You're not just sitting in the classroom. But you are a disciple indeed. When the truth is made known, 
and we believe that truth, sign on to that truth, we are then taking on the Savior. And that's what he says. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. You know, to know something is a very positive thing. If you simply have information about something, you're not sure about it, you look at it and you say, well, it's a good thing, but I don't know whether I'm going to go that way or not. But whenever you become knowledgeable about it to the point where that you put your trust in it, you risk everything on that, that is a very special thing. And the Bible says here that that truth, when you know that truth, it will set you free and then you become a disciple indeed. Verse 36 then says free indeed. If you have that kind of freedom, if you have the truth like that, you're not only a disciple indeed, but you are free indeed. When we talk about the truth in this passage, there are a number of things that come into play here. We need to have the truth about who God is, for example. A lot of people think that they can take a stone or take some other craft and make a God. Well, you cannot make a God. I mean, you can design something and let that be the thing to which you give your devotion, but it's not real. That is a false economy. It is not going to work for you. But whenever we talk about who God is, it's not a God that we make, but it's the God who made us, the great eternal God who is the creator. And when you and I have the truth about who God is, that begins to make a difference in how we think about things. And then we discover not only the truth about God himself, God the Father, but we discover that his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, came to this earth, died on the cross, arose from the grave, went back to heaven, sits on the right hand of the Father, advocating on behalf of those who believe in him, those who trust him. Listen, when we think about who God is, and we think about who Jesus is, and we have the truth about both of those things, we are literally in very strong position. Not only do we need the truth about God and about Jesus, but we also need to sign on to the truth of the veracity of God's Word. A lot of people today, they look at the Bible as though it's some kind of strange document. Others look at it and they want to take some out and add some to it, or they want to change and revisit and revise and all those kinds of things. That's not what needs to happen. You and I need to simply look at the Word of God and acknowledge that it is true. God has demonstrated to us His Word as being eternally true, not just true for a hundred years ago, but true today. I mentioned a minute ago about the 87th anniversary of the Sword of the Lord. Listen, folks, we are excited that here we are 87 years into the ministry here, and we're still just exactly where we were, founded on the solid truth of the Word of God, still preaching Christ Jesus, still making it known that everybody needs to be saved, and that we're doing all that we can to help folks get saved, and doing all that we can to help those who are saved to live the Christian life, and to serve the Lord, and to be fruitful in their life as well. That's where we are. That's what we ought to be. The Word of God does not change. It is just the same today as it was a hundred years ago or a thousand years ago. You and I need to know the veracity of God's Word is, in fact, the truth of God. We need to understand the truth about the human dilemma. No man can help himself. No man can do for himself what he needs to have done. And we need that truth firmly established in us. Whenever we think about going to heaven, it's not going to be because we're able to jump sky high. It's not going to be because we're able to swim across wide rivers or do superhuman type things. We are not able to do what we need to have done for ourselves. But there's a God in heaven who loves us. He sent his son, the Lord Jesus. His word tells us the whole 
whole truth about all of that. And you and I know that then we have help for the human crisis, the human dilemma. All men are sinners, and that puts us in jeopardy. But God offers salvation to us because of what Jesus did. Listen, salvation is a wonderful thing. It's not going to ruin your life. It's going to save your life. It's going to do for you what needs to be done. I know a lot of folks get upset and they say, oh, you're just a bunch of straight-laced Christians and all of that. Folks, I'm telling you, we thank God that we have the privilege to be who we are, to be the servants of God, to love the Lord and just walk with Him. What a privilege it is. What joy it brings to the life. What peace you have because of that salvation that the Lord gives. And along with that, He gives His power to enable us in the Christian life. It's not a matter of us just straining and trying and doing everything that we can possibly do, but we learn as we walk with the Lord that He empowers us in our walk. He enables us to be who we need to be and what we should be. We get the truth of all of that when we read the Word of God. We learn about the future. We learn even here in this passage in John chapter 8, Jesus had not yet ascended to heaven. He had not yet sat down on the right hand of the Father to be the advocate. So when we talk about the truth, he's going to give these truths as he goes along here, and that enabled them to get a grasp on the future just like it does with us. And of course, we read in the Bible that the Lord's coming back again one day. Jesus said, John 14, I will come again. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 says, The Lord himself shall descend from heaven. We understand that he is coming back one day. We have the truth about that. And it is that truth, those truths, that set us free, that make it possible for us to be disciples indeed and free indeed. This passage talks about being set free. We're talking about being set free from sin's condemnation. Romans chapter 5 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. Uh, free from sin's condemnation, free from the guilt. I have no doubt, some of you maybe that I'm talking to right now, you may have terrible guilt because of some sin in your past or some sin even now in the present life. I want you to know something. When you come to Christ, the forgiveness that you get from Him will enable you to push that guilt into the background and set you free, not only from the condemnation of sin, but from the guilt of sin. It will free you as well from the old habits that maybe created that guilt. I'm talking about alcohol and drugs and pornography and lying and stealing and cheating and adulterating, all of those kinds of things. When you come to Christ, He will free you up from those old habits, those things that got you in trouble and that gives you all kinds of grief, He will free you up. The truth will set you free, and He promises that you will be free indeed. And not only that, it'll free you up from that fiery abyss that is called hell. You know, everybody lives, and one day everybody dies. And whenever we die, we either go to heaven or we go to hell. That's simply the truth. There's no purgatory. There's no stopover anywhere else. To be absent from the body, the Word of God tells us, is to be present with the Lord. That is, if you're saved. And that means immediately when your body dies, your soul is going to go to heaven to be with the Lord. But whenever you have the salvation of the Lord, it frees you from the possibility of going to hell. It frees you up so that you know that you're going to be able to go to heaven when you die. And we, as a Christian, know that being a disciple indeed 
makes us free indeed, free to walk with the Lord and serve Him, live in the overflow every day, and just enjoy being who we ought to be as a Christian. The Christian life is the kind of thing that, frankly, dear friend, it is a blessing. It is an enjoyable thing to be a Christian and to walk with the Lord and to serve Him. When I read in this passage that if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. See, these folks had started out as students as learners. They were just coming along here one step at a time, finding out the things that Jesus was teaching. And as we noted yesterday, some of them turned back. Some of them went away. Some of them said, enough is enough. I don't want any more of that. And they did not come to the place where they believed. But in this passage, we have folks who have indeed put their trust in Christ. He says about them that uh, many believed on him. And then he said to them, which believed on him. Both times that word believed or pistuo, it's used there to tell us these folks had indeed made the commitment they needed to make to the Lord Jesus. They had put their faith in the Lord and consequently they are disciples indeed. That is disciples for real. Nothing phony about them. No turning back on their part. They are getting in line. They're not going to be perfect people. None of us are. But we're going to be walking with the Lord, and I'm telling you, our life is going to improve. Things are going to get better as we go, and we're going to learn the ways of the Lord and walk with Him in just day by day, giving ourselves devotedly so that we serve the Lord in a way that is pleasing to Him. I'm thankful not only to live in the ways of the Lord, but to have the privilege to serve Him. I'm thankful through these years to be able to get at a microphone like this, whether it be on the radio or in a church somewhere, to get before the microphone and tell people about the great truths that God has given us in His Word. All of us need that, and it is a blessing to be able to do it. And folks, I'm telling you, don't be with that crowd that we talked about yesterday who turned back. Sign on. Believe the Lord. Believe every word that He says, and then determine that you will be that disciple indeed, and then be free indeed because of what the Lord does for you. These are good days, and I hope that you're going to give yourself devotedly and let your life be lived out for the Lord. Folks, it's good to have you with me along every day here. I trust you'll join me as often as you can on the broadcast. And do get in touch any way that I can help you. If you've got a question or if you just enjoy the broadcast and want to tell me about it, write me a note. I'd be delighted to hear from you. Write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. I look forward to being back here again tomorrow, so I trust you'll join me then. Until that time, God bless you. Have a good rest of the day, and goodbye for now.